Hello and welcome to the Snippets of Leadership podcast. Has it ever happened to you that you were thrown into a new project with little to no guidance and that you were basically left to fend for yourself? Yeah, your manager may have sat down with you and that person gave you a 30-minute rundown of everything you needed to know. But how can you be expected to be directly at the same level of people who worked on that same project for months? If you've been in that situation, you probably know how bad it is. And if you haven't, consider yourself lucky. The more you grow into leadership, though, the higher the chances are that you'll be the one doing the explaining and setting people off to a great start. And there are good ways and bad ways of doing it. And today, we'll work on how to do it well. Specifically, I'll be sharing with you two concepts that will come in handy, not only actually when you need to onboard someone, but whenever you need to pass on information efficiently and in a time-sensitive setting. Both of them have to do with assumption we make about others when we communicate with them. The first concept is called the Dunning-Kruger effect, and the second one is called the curse of knowledge, which is a really fancy name, I know. They are both a form of bias, and they both have to do with your assumption on what the other person knows. The story of the Dunning-Kruger effect is actually a fun one. In 1995, a man robbed two banks at gunpoint and without wearing any disguise. CCTV recorded him, and he got caught to his complete astonishment. He could not understand how it was possible that the police had found him. You see, this man had a plan. He knew from childhood that messages written on paper with lemon juice were only visible after heating up the paper and the ink. According to logic, then, lemon juice was effectively invisible ink. And if lemon juice is invisible ink, putting it on your face before a robbery would make you effectively invisible. And because this was also absurd, people got curious about what went on in that man's head. What they found is that not everyone is able to recognize his or her incompetence on one topic. Only the people that already have a certain level of competence on something will have a meter to measure how much they do or do not know. So if you're absolutely rubbish at basic chemistry and bank robbery, you will not be able to understand how terrible the idea of using lemon juice as this guy's is. Back to our topic, this also means that your ability to get someone on board in a new situation also depends on how much this person already knows. If this person is completely new to the job or the project, he or she will be less able to understand the full extent of the work ahead. And instead, if the person has worked on similar roles or projects before, he or she will understand you extremely well. It's strange, isn't it? Especially if you think that the people that need your explanation the most are the ones less able to understand it and make good use for it. The second bias is called the curse of knowledge, and it has to do with how much you assume that the person in front of you already knows. Thing is, you often unconsciously assume they know as much as you do. This is why you will talk to them and describe the road ahead in a way that you think is clear, but it's actually not. For example, you may be using jargon or technical terminology that's part of your daily life. You have learned and absorbed the meaning of all acronyms and terms, and you unconsciously assume that most of them will be clear to the other person as well. This is also why, for example, some teachers are so terrible at their job. They have been explaining the same concepts for decades, and they have completely lost the perception of how difficult they are to students that hear them for the first time. So, the curse of knowledge makes it difficult for you to clearly explain something you know extremely well. 
and the Dunning-Kruger effect makes it difficult for others to even see what clarifications they need from you if they do need them. It sounds tough to communicate in those conditions, doesn't it? Well, the good news is that there are ways of overcoming bias, and you've already taken the first step. You are aware of these two bias, and this alone will enable you to identify them next time. For example, if you hear someone constantly complaining about how his colleagues just don't get his instructions, even though he swears he does his best to be clear, chances are that one or two of these bias are at play. Try to observe it also in how you communicate. And just to make sure, here's a few tips. First of all, keep an eye open for how much you assume the other person knows, and when in doubt, ask. Don't be afraid of the other person taking it badly if you keep on questioning his or her knowledge. In case, point out that you're only asking if they understood to avoid misunderstandings later on. Second, as a rule of thumb, avoid jargon and acronyms, or if you need to absolutely use them, make sure the other person knows them first. And number three, when in doubt, simplify. Use a language anybody can understand. Metaphors, numbers, and sketches are all brilliant tools. I remember one tax advisor explaining a complex legal and financial system to me and drawing stick figures on a piece of paper to get the point across. It took him five minutes and I got it and remembered it. Had he made no effort, we would have been stuck in an endless back and forth. Now, there is one concern that I always see coming up when I suggest to simplify in this way. Many seem to think that if you simplify too much, you will kind of dumb down whatever you're talking about and that's not okay. Well, nothing is farther away from the truth. Remember that in the end, when you're communicating, there is only one thing that matters, which is how much information you're able to pass on to the other person. Nothing else matters. If you're using difficult words and terminology because that's the proper way to go, but the other person has no idea what you're talking about, you're not doing a good job. If instead you make it simple and get the other person to understand at least the gist of it, then you're doing a great job, and at some point, you'll be able to go more in detail with the right language. So, to recap, if you want to save time, communicate more efficiently and faster, keep this in mind. Your assumption on how much the other person knows may be a root cause of the problem. Number two, avoid technical terminology until you're sure the other person knows it. And number three, whenever you can, simplify. If you use these three points to define your communication style on a daily basis, you'll be able to get people up to speed on anything in less time, and possibly save yourself and them an endless tirade of back and forth, misunderstandings and unnecessary friction. Thank you for listening. My name is Eduardo Bindazane from EBZ Coaching. I'm a leadership and communication trainer and consultant, and if you have any questions about what you've heard in this episode, please reach out to me via LinkedIn, Facebook, or my website. I'll be answering the most interesting questions on the show. And if you know someone that will benefit from this type of content, please make sure you recommend this podcast to them. Thank you, and see you next time.